Road Trippin' fans, Amish t-shirts are as ferocious as the dunks or bangouts Richard and Channing throw down from time to time, and their softness can't even be matched. Amish has been turning back the clock with throwback tees for years. From the NBA to the ultimate warrior, you know, the tee that LeBron wore on the plane after leading the Cavs to its first title the city had seen in over 50 years. Well, Amage tells the stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Go to homage.com, that's H-O-M-A-G-E, and pay homage with your favorite tee. Be sure to check out the NBA GM tees and one exclusively made for me and you. Better yet, three other tees designed specific to the road tripping fam you'll want to check out. We're road tripping at homage.com. Welcome into another edition of Road Trippin', Richard versus Channing. I'm your host, Allie Clifton, and what a unique, insightful, and comical episode we have for you. Here's the deal. Channing hosted an hour-long chat with Gabrielle Union, joined by her husband, Dwayne Wade, at a recent book signing of hers at Barnes & Noble Crocker Park. Now, if you haven't already, we encourage you to check out the number one New York Times best-selling author's book, We're Going to Need More Wine. But before you do just that, how about a sneak peek right here on Road Trippin' into what her story is all about? Just like we always are here on Road Trippin', Gabrielle always keeps things real, raw, and 100 in her book, and most importantly, in life. Take a listen. Good afternoon. Welcome to Great Day USA. I'm Mary Jane Paul. He no, he goes to the the set of being Mary Jane, and he gets behind the desk. Do it, babe. No, 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 no. I'm shy. I'll <laughs> say so okay. I'll do what I do. Um, you know, first of all, thank everybody for coming out. This is uh, pretty big to have someone of uh, not only your caliber but your influence in today's world out here in Crocker Park. I think this is amazing. Um, so, you know, just thank you for your time and thank you for including me and road tripping and uh and me too thanks for nah, yeah I, appreciate it babe yeah i think the calves are very um understated they don't get a lot of attention <laughs> they kind of fly under the radar so i thought oh my god yeah so. no this is great this is um this is gonna be fun and i think everyone's gonna get to not only know um you but i think they're gonna get to know like you know what it's like to be you and to um know how you got to just get here how you're here um, and I'm excited, you know, I've, I've started reading your book. Um, and as a, as a man, as um, a father, it's, it's an awesome book. You guys got to read it. It's addicting. It's, uh, it's funny. It's real. And, um, you know, if you guys have a chance, not only finish reading it, give it to your friends and uh, make sure everybody sees it. But enough of that serious stuff. Cheers. That's what we do Cheers. on road tripping. Cheers. Get you a glass of wine. So, you know, we're, we're huh? going to need more wine. <laughs> well, look, See how we did that? It's early. It's not that early. No, 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 it ain't that early. So let's start with this. How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you 
dominate every aspect of your life, being a mother, being a, a wife, being a, an activist, being an actress, um, being one of the most influential women in, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna mess around and say in history right now, so how do you do it? The reality is I don't. I don't, I, I can't be everything to everybody. So there's only, there's only so many hours in the day and there's just gonna be some days I'm not gonna hit it out of the park on some things. And that's just gotta be okay. And anyone who tells you that you have to have perfect work-life balance is full of it. It doesn't exist. There's gonna be days where the laundry's not gonna be done, somebody's hair is not gonna be done. Um, I'm not gonna make it to every game. Our, our kids are here, so they're like, yup. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's gonna be a lot of things that we, that we miss, but the things that I focus on, I try to give 110%. Right. Um, and, I, and I just apologize along the way. Uh, but the, one of the biggest things I, I've embraced in the last few years is the ability to say no and to create boundaries. Um, you will run yourself ragged and you will make yourself look old um, well before your time by saying yes to everything. There's things we've said yes to today that you know dang well you don't want to go to. Cancel. I'm telling you, I'm getting like, I'm telling you, I cancel, like, I, I don't even have to cancel because I don't say yes to begin with. We were just talking in the car about committing to things and then the day comes and you're like, I don't want to. But you knew you didn't want to when you said yes. So create boundaries for yourself. And when you start saying no to people, watch their reactions. The people who have reasonable reactions to no and boundaries, those are the people you keep in your life. And the people who tell you you're selfish and that you're, you're only, you know, you're, you're, you're short-sighted, they're not thinking about your long-term peace of mind. So that's how I do it. I don't. <laughs> I do what I can. I think... Um that's probably the best advice I got today. Um, you know, but I can't tell no. Like, I can't just be like, yeah, I'm not gonna play today. <laughs> don't work, my life don't work like that. Ah, coach, I don't wanna go to practice, man. Don't work like that. Them fines is cold. <laughs> Baby need a new coat, as cold as it is out here now, look. But um, let's, here's an, the other question to that is, Dwayne, you have your own weight, your own wine, you have your own, I would say your own empire. And you have your own empire. How do you guys, make it work within each other and make it seem so flawless. I know it's not, but you know, how do you guys do it? Um, uh, <laughs> no, this ain't my wine. <laughs> this, is a, this is a little bit more expensive. Uh, now, that's a this lie. is silver oak. That's a lie. This what? is silver oak we're drinking. Why y'all not gonna give you a uh, booze for him? What's up? Y'all yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Hey, road trip and take care of you. Yeah, it was on road trip, yeah. Bill. Now change. Well, I, so to answer your question, um, I mean, it's the simplest answer, right? But one of the hardest things to do is communicating. It's trying to, you know, and we obviously all fall short of it still, but I think me and, what, me and my wife, and we're partners, we're friends, what we try to do is we try to do a great job of just communicating. You know, she has a very busy schedule. I have a very busy schedule. It's probably harder on the kids than it is on us. And it's hard on us, but it's probably harder on them than it is on us. But we just communicate. You know, I support her and her career. And some of those Mary Jane scenes is not easy. As, as some of y'all know. Let's, let's just talk about that for a minute. Yeah, let's, here we go. Hold on. You know, that, you know Look, grab that. Hold on. Let's just. Let's just <laughs> Go ahead, talk about it. Let's move on from me. And I, <laughs> Let's talk so, about it. So, 
Mary Jane, when it, the pilot or when it first came on the scene, my wife, you know, so my wife always sent me the script of whatever she's doing and she tell me to look at it. Typical husband, typical man I am. I scan through it. I need the cliff notes. I might not read everything. I'm like, oh, babe, this is fine. Go ahead, do this. Well, I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> so we get to the end of Mary Jane, the first scene, and it was this shower scene. Boy, I tell you. Y'all remember Andre, right? Yeah. Shannon, it was rough, bro. I see, I see. I, yeah, I had to start watching. I ain't watching next week. <laughs> Andre, well, I was looking for Andre. I'm still looking for Dre. Anybody he's, he's named Dre? Anybody <laughs> named Dre? I got problems with Andre Three Thousand, Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Support. You know, we just support each other and understand that before we got together, uh, we both had you know hopes and dreams and a vision for who we wanted to be and who we wanted to become. So there's no reason to change that. Um, you know, because we together, I still want her to be as successful, as happy as she can be in her own individual life. Uh, I want to be individually fulfilled, um, and together, you know, that will make us better friends, that will make us better people. If we individually feel great about ourselves and what we accomplish, um, then we'd be even better together, so. So when, when were you like, when y'all were going y'all through like the whole that? dating that process? <laughs> That's a Valentine's Day card right there. I, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Listen, when y'all were going through the dating process, when did you know, oh, I'm about to lock this up? Me or her? I'll say either way. Better or. ask her that question. No, no. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. In his mind, it's when I first saw him. Yeah. <laughs> when I first saw you. No, it was, no, because God bless Wait, him. Wait, Channing, Channing is a, he, okay, don't let him come between us, okay? <laughs> no, I'm trying no, to No, he build. does this. He does this, you know? So let's, let's stay accord. We talked in the car before we got here, right? <laughs> No, you should you you should say you should. Say. I don't remember so long ago. So, <laughs> it it was a process. Right. It was a process, and we went in and out, you know, over the years of like, oh my god, I think I could spend the rest of my life with you. To, I don't want to see you for the next, you know. Oh, I know it. You know, I'm like his teammate. You know, I know like, it. So you want to share a story? You want to share a personal story with them about the the I love you? Go ahead. Share that. Oh. Share that. Okay, now this is something that's not in the book. Right. Uh, you're only going to get ex this exclusive on uh, Road Trip. Exclusive. Okay, so perhaps I was drinking. Yeah. You, you guys know me now. You've read the book. You know I like a cocktail or six. The kids don't know that. So. Well, the kids are going to know now. The kids don't know. They know. You're an adult. Six <laughs> over a couple hours is <laughs> Oh, you know? No. <laughs> so, we so don't I, drink at home. So they don't know. We don't drink at home. You've seen us drink at home? You see the drink? If that you could face. see his face right now, he yeah. was like this. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Maybe on Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. It. <laughs> Perhaps it gets a little saucy. Every day. So I had, I, had, I had had a few that night, and we, we, we were hanging out, and I could have sworn he said, I love you. Ooh, he probably did. He snuck it. Was, it. <laughs> it was kind of, it was like in the very beginning. I hadn't really known him long at all. And so I was like, okay. Oh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say it. I, that hurt, didn't I was it? Like, no, because I didn't say it. So the next <laughs> morning, the oh, next morning said it. he was so sweet and wah, 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 wah. I was like, hey, uh, uh, about what you said last night. Um, 
I, I, I love you too. <laughs> so, so at this point, I'm like, what is she talking about too? Like, <laughs> but I just let it go. You know what I mean? Right. And, and it wasn't until I think right before we got married, yeah. we had the conversation like, so let's talk about that. <laughs> you know how they say I love you first, right? <laughs> She's like, I could have sworn you said I love you. I'm like, no, you said it. So we didn't know until right before we got married that we never said I love you for real. Yeah. Like, it was never official. <laughs> we just roll with it. So. But it works, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it worked out. It yeah. works for y'all, yeah. right? Yeah. Locked yeah. it up. She said it first, though. On accident. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. I felt bad. I was a young whippersnapper, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she failed for me. <laughs> like, What's up, y'all? What's up? <laughs> well, not to get back to the book, but this is honestly like a, a Oh, we real can get question. back to the book. Oh, I know. That's why everybody's here. Um, when you're writing a book like this and you have these stories, how do you, like, what do you tap into? Now, once you read the book and, you know, I'm almost done. Uh, what do you tap into within yourself to be so vulnerable, to be so, uh, I don't use this word all the time, like candid, or to just say, like, listen, I'm going to put this story out there and I don't know the reaction I'm going to get, but I'm going to say it. Like, what do you... Like when you're typing this in on your typewriter, I don't know how people write books. How do y'all write? <laughs> Maybe it's on the notes on the phone. Uh, what are you like thinking about? What are you like? What are you trying to portray? Or what are you? What's your like motivation? My mo my motivate my motivation for writing the book was brutal truth, just honesty and my journey. Now, so I wrote a lot of chapters yeah. that didn't quite make it to the book because I had to factor in my peace of mind. My peace of mind kids' peace of mind, my husband's peace of mind, um, and what I was willing to be able to talk about on a press tour over and over and over again. Um, and there were just some chapters that were, I was like, eh, I can't, I don't want to talk about this. I haven't had enough therapy. I haven't had enough time. I haven't, I don't, I haven't figured out uh, how to create enough space between me and the trauma right. to share it um, in a way that could be helpful for other people. Um, so me crying on a book tour is not necessarily going to be helpful. So uh, a lot of it was just having a lot of honest conversations with my therapist. I've been in therapy since for the last 25 years. This last July was the 25th anniversary of my sexual assault. And I probably got into therapy like maybe five days later. My parents were like, this is too much. Yeah. We're, this is beyond our, our scope of what we can, you know, what we're able to, right, to, right. to help you with. And um, so I, we got professional help rather quickly. Um, so through all this time, there's certain things that I've, I've made peace with that I've been able to speak about publicly, and then there's certain things that I'm still working working right. on. And I was like, yeah, not those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not, not those. And yeah. some things are like, ooh, this is so good, it's so <laughs> funny, but it could ruin somebody's life. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, left those out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, you no, no. thank you. Oh, I was like, I was like, yeah, nobody likes their life ruined. No, no, but I, I mean. I my mean... my ex-husband probably is somewhere like, you just screw me though, huh? Yeah. Like this, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I um, you know, going through what I went through last year um, with my parents and, you know, going to uh, seek help. I think not enough people are willing to be vulnerable enough to, like, actually, like, uh, take care of those. You know, I think, you know, there's certain things I'm okay with talking about, like, facts. Like, this happened, this happened, this happened. But, like, you know, once you start talking about, like, the emotions and feelings, you need to be with somebody who's a professional. Because, you know, I might either curl on the ground crying, or I might punch you in your face, or I might just laugh at how 
crazy the circumstances is of our life. But I think, you know, reading your book, the way you have written it, it's so relatable. Like to, you know, even though I, I can never understand what you've been through as a man or as a, just different lives, um, it's easy to relate to like, you know, you start in your, in a part of the book, you talk about how you lived in two different places. Um, you know, me growing up, a six foot to sixth grader in Chandler, Arizona, the only black kid at the school, you know, it's a little tough. You're like, you know, my parents are from Brooklyn, New York. So you have your Brooklyn family and then you have your Chandler, Arizona family. Mm -hmm. So just that dealing, dual consciousness. Oh man, the dual consciousness is crazy, especially in Arizona when we you know when I moved there, we didn't even have a Martin Luther King holiday yet. So that oh, was. Oh, y'all fought it for a minute. Oh, a hot minute. Well, I mean, what has he done? <laughs> I mean, he had a dream, but I'm. Uh, uh, he was I. He was I. You know, and I think, um, you know, just a book, it's like, oh man, like somebody else has gone through, you know, and um, just reading the book and, and reading those stories, like, dang, you went through that too? Okay, now, like, it makes you want to read even more. And I think the. You know, your book is, is, I'm not going to use the word infectious, but your book is um, addicting that way. Um, what do you guys think that is, as, as, as black men? What is that about asking for help? Well, oh, wait, is there raised. a name? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Can I hear a hallelujah? <laughs> so what is it? Ego, pride, you know, it's, it's all those things that, it's just inside of us, you know, and it's the ones that can get rid of us quickest, you become great men faster. <laughs> if you can get rid of the ego, if you could check your ego, you could check your pride um, at the door, but it's hard, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, especially when you don't have a lot of positive examples in front of you that's done that um, in your life. And, you know, we have, a lot of men haven't, so it makes it tough. Oh. Mm. Oh, sorry. I was waiting for you to come over here, girl. Listen. I'm just No, I think for me, like, you know, my father dealt with a lot of issues and ultimately that's why he passed away. And I think his his pride and his inability to acknowledge weakness, you know. And I'll tell you right now, right now, I'm not very good at dunking. And that's something I gotta deal with. <laughs> no, no, but on a serious note, I think for me, um, seeing his issues, um, has made me be like, I can't be that. I have to be better than that. You know, I have my own family, and I think I'm trying to set an example for my kids and even talk to them differently. You know, not everything's uh, like black and white, right? Not, you know, like you can't, I can't relate to how my father grew up because he grew up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, you know, and then having to go, you know, have a job in Greensboro, North Carolina. I grew up in Chandler, Arizona, and during the summertime, both my parents worked and I was on the AU circuit. So, you know, that relatability, I have to create my own environment to be successful and create an environment for happiness for me. And I think that next generation of kids, hopefully I could teach my kids and the kids that I'm able to influence to, if you have a problem, that's okay. Like you say, you don't gotta be all right all the time. Sometimes I'm just like, I just need me time. Like I need time to just sit down, be quiet, and listen to how I feel. And it's okay to not be happy for a day. You but know, you, you just got to find but you know what? somewhere. The one thing that I've realized in my, you know, 35 is that old saying, and as cliche it is, as cliche as it, as it is, you, you need to know where you come from to know where you're going before you know where you're going. And I think for me, you know, it, it took me, and I was talking to my son today about this, Zaire, 
it took me till I was 30 years old, and you know, because you had to force me to, to really sit down and have a conversation with my dad, to know him, to know why he did this and how he did this and what made him do all these things, instead of just saying, I'm just going to be different than you and I'm going to be better than you. Well, you end up being the same person anyway. It's just you might have a little bit more money. You may be a little cleaner. But you're the same person. So until you know, you know where you came from and why this was done, you can't go where you want to go. You know? And that's the one thing I think I learned even at 30 years old when I had to sit down with my dad and say, oh, okay, this is why you did that. Okay, that makes sense because I thought you didn't love me or I thought you didn't, you know, all these things. So that's, that's been my... I mean, well, how many Thanksgivings have we ruined uh, quizzing our parents about? Well, we've definitely ruined this one. This one was uh, ugly. <laughs> it, was, it was phenomenal. It was great, though. It was great, but it was like, woo. woo. <laughs> You're going to need some more wine. <laughs> no, yeah, like, we had a lot of wine. No, but see, it was like, what... I didn't know my parents. And I was like, babe, I got to get these questions out, yeah. you know, because they, our parents don't tell us nothing. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't tell us nothing. They don't share nothing. That old school way, you know, and I was like, yo, I need yeah, to know. Don't, like, our, yeah. our, you know, our families, all, or a lot of our families are like, we, you don't air dirty laundry. You don't ask, you, you stay out of grown folks' business. <laughs> the problem with that mentality is your kids have seen everything. And they're going to repeat all of the things that you think they're not paying attention to. And they're going to grow up with the same problems that you had if you don't talk about it and address it. So we're, you know, we're hoping. Thank God we're at this stage where we're like, we don't want to keep making the same mistakes that our parents made that we have, that we all held so much anger towards them about. Because now that I'm an adult and I'm making the exact same mistakes and there's people who are looking up to me that are holding, that, that hold that same kind of anger and resentment about some of the decisions that I've made, the cycle has to stop. There's generational trauma that we pass on to our, our kids when we don't, when we're not honest about our journey. You know what I mean? Like I thought, I literally called my mom a doormat. Who stays? You look so stupid. Now I'm like, eh, I'm not that. Um, you know what I mean? The things that, that my dad, I can't believe you would, you know, do this to us. As an adult, you make the same mistakes. And you didn't have to. Had we just been honest about our journeys and where we went wrong, actually be accountable for our own stuff. Not when someone demands an apology, but eh, you know when you, when you mess up. Yeah. You know when you mess up. We talk about this, Sire, a lot. You know when you mess up. Call it out. Acknowledge it. Call a thing a thing, as Ayanla said. Call a thing a thing, beloved! Um, but if a lot of us don't call a thing a thing, and then we, be, we get quiet about it. And then that pain and that trauma and the hurt and the resentment, the bitterness, it poisons us. So when people have all these ailments and you know, um, diseases, a lot of that is the stress that we have that we've adopted, that we have inherited, that we, that's just untreated. This is Zion, by the way. Um, and our goal is to make sure they don't, they don't inherit the same crud. Well, I'm up. Uh, listen, I'm over here like, man, where's some more of this wine? Zion, like, you, got got you got something you want to say? Me. Are we lying? It's the first time you can tell us we're lying in our face. <laughs> you, you don't want that attention, huh? You know, I, I, think, I, thought you um, be on, I thought you wanted to have your own TV show. You don't want this attention? Saying, this is what? 
<laughs> I think um, your self-awareness is absolutely amazing. And, and you talk about how it kind of, you got there um, in your book. So is there any influential women in your life where you were like, she told you something, it could have been like, man, dust yourself off and get, get back up. But at the situation, is there any of those that have happened in your life and who are those people and like, who are they and do you still keep in contact with them? And you know what, like, just elaborate on that. So <laughs> my older sister has always been uh, the, deliverer, uh, the, the deliverer of brutal truth. So there was one Thanksgiving uh, where our dog Snuggles died. Um, but I hadn't noticed. Snuggles? Snuggles. He was a poodle. Where you grew up at again? Okay. Snuggles. Not on the south side of Chicago, perhaps. The what? The suburbs Snuggles? of Chicago? No, exactly. I would, no, I said not on the south right? side of Chicago. Like, like right. Suburbs. Like He'll be like, y'all had soap? I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, y'all had oxygen? Yeah. Ooh, no, who names their dog Snuggles, though? That's yeah. a look. Snuggles. Snuggles. Okay, yeah, it was, a, puppy. It was a, a poodle. So anyway, so Snuggles had died the week before, but I didn't notice until Thanksgiving because I was a terrible pet owner. I know, exactly. Yeah, that boy um, was hot. I know, it was, it was all so you I caught myself being very upset about, I, I don't like either one of you right now. I, so I caught myself being very upset about Snuggles' untimely passing, passing, and my sister was like, Snuggles is dead, now what? And I was like, but at the end of the day, Snuggles is dead. Now what? Are you going to become a better pet owner? Are you going to notice the death of your pet? <laughs> Perhaps, you know, when it happens? Yeah. You know, are you are you going to resolve to to be more caring and, and observant? Are you like okay? What are these tears about? What are you even crying about? Yeah. And kind of getting to the root of things. So it became like a a, a jacked up funny catchphrase in our house yeah. when anything awful would happen. Okay, Snuggles is dead. Now what? So there was that piece. Of how advice. many pets have you had? A lot. We have. How we many? have a lot now. What do you? How many do we you have? We have five, five dogs. Oh, five dogs. Dogs. We're those people. That's all right. Uh, are, they, are they alive? Oh, the kids on. try to get rid of a couple of them. <laughs> and they're right, Z. You lived them, in Miami. All of a sudden, the big dogs, they take some, some large loads. <laughs> Zaire was like, I think we should get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> he had to clean up, but he had to get it up and clean it up. Ooh, yeah, we got five. They're very expensive, by the way. What are their names? When I retire, we got to get rid of them, all okay. of them. Can you remember all their names, babe? Me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know all of the dogs' names. Okay. Well, my favorite dog is Trey. I'm just going to throw it out there. He's my favorite. We see it on your Snap all Yeah, the time. it's like, that's why Trey has his uh, own Snapchat. Trey, the dog had a Snapchat filter with yeah. my husband before I did. Okay. So the, the order of importance clearly was Trey had his own Snapchat filter. It was like what walks with Trey. And it was like yeah, Dean Trey. Trey on the beach. And then it was like <laughs> peanut butter jelly time. And it was like <laughs> D and Bron. And I was like. <laughs> I'm cool. Okay. I'll leave you a message. Yeah. <laughs> So we got Trey, we got Charlie Blue, we got Jaro, we got Hurley, and Pink. Yeah, Hurley is our oldest one. He's a, 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 a Maltese, and he is the got face. got nine laughs like he a cat. He is the face of canine cancer. Oh. Uh, he beat cancer this year. Okay. Um, oh, so okay. he's hanging I it. I thought that was making a hard laugh. My no, no, okay. he, no, he, no. He was, he was on his way out, and... That's why Trey came. I was like, well, we should get another dog to replace him. And he was like, excuse me? <laughs> he was about to go to the upper room. He said, no, no, no. he's the strongest dog in the house. <laughs> now we got too many dogs. 
<laughs> you're like, real. Oh, that's you real story. Okay. No, you really think that's it true. was like, like was miraculous? Who, 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 what dog like battles back from cancer? <laughs> like, like, he's, Simmons is old. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's old. He's got glaucoma. It's, oh lord. Well, and we okay. He's eating this good a, though. with y'all? Let's. I'm well, telling you, he's eating good. He had a. He, there's a situation that happened with with Hurley around the time he got cancer. You know when dogs get excited, the the red rocket or the lipstick, if you will, oh. makes an appearance. Right, right. Well, Hurley had an unfortunate <laughs> situation where it did not retract. No. The, the skin did not cover it back uh, oh. to the point where the, the poor thing was just in terrible pain and had to have emergency surgery on his, on his penis, on his dog penis, to get the, the dog <laughs> skin penis to cover his little thing. Except it wasn't that, a though. complete success. So about a third of the lipstick just remains out at all times. Oh. A couple days ago, Hurley was in terrible pain and he was yelping and we couldn't figure out where, what, what the problem was. We took him for x-rays. We thought it was a reoccurrence of the cancer. And it turns out that uh, the tip was dry. <laughs> what? And... Um, <laughs> It's cold. So they were it's like, cold "There's outside. poor boy. He live in Miami. Oh, it's in Miami. He live in Miami. Yeah. So, um, so. basically, we've got to apply the ointment. No, no, no. Let's so Hurley basically <laughs> is like it's through for Hurley. It. It's through for you. Just touch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I survived cancer. Hey, touch it. Go. Put the ointment hey, it's on. Thruski, daddy. Thruski, daddy on. for Hurley. So, uh, alligator got him. So y'all know who has the birds and the bees talks with the kids, right? It ain't me. It's this one right here. She go, oh. woo, boy. She, Zaire, how was that talk? Uh, look. It was a rough talk, which is, man, I can't. I like to be thorough so that maybe perhaps there's like, you know, oh, oh, visual she, aids. And she brought, she had vision boards. Oh, no. There's she statistics. Had, she had photos. Do you know what chlamydia is? <laughs> Do you know what happens with undetected chlamydia? Oh, man. Listen, you don't want it to happen to you. It was a terrible conversation. I had to leave. That's the only way you don't remember it. He needs to know. My dad was like, yo, don't bring no babies in this house. I was like, what? How do you even do that? Like, what? Like, there's some all, That's all men say. I'm not. Hey, don't bring no babies in the house. <laughs> yeah. Man, hey, keep your pants in your pocket. Dad, I got a backpack. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all they say. Don't bring no babies in the house. So no. I moved out. Right. <laughs> Here, here he game. <laughs> Ain't bring him in the house. <laughs> and this is why he doesn't get to deliver the birds and the bees conversation. Oh man, because there's some steps that go that yeah, go missing. For sure. All right, I'm random, but you have one. You are always. It always seems like you're doing something awesome, some type of project, some type of movie. Literally, I see. Now, mind you, I see you all the time because of this fool. But I see you on every channel, every station, everything. What are some of the projects you're doing right now um, that you're excited about that you want the people to come see? Well, I think we just dropped the uh, the Breaking In trailer a couple days ago. I saw that. So that was that was that was the never underestimate a mother. A mother. I saw this that. Summer's gonna be a mother. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, an unbelievable response. We literally got 26 million views in the first 24 hours, Ooh. which is Just unheard let me get of. one. Yeah, I mean, let me it, was un, it was unheard of. You shot that. You shot that this summer in um in L. A. In L. A. And so I rented this nice, sexy, comfortable house for us, and we didn't get to enjoy none of it because she was coming in at like six in the morning from work every day, I'm, and I'm waking up to go work out. It's, we uh, missed each other. You guys remember that Karen White song, I'm Not Your Superwoman? Super that was him all summer. 
early in the morning, I put breakfast. Like, he was, like, at home waiting. Like, <laughs> you was, were waiting. It was, it was a little so role sad. reversal. You were so sad. So sleepy. You were sleepy. <laughs> it was so it was terrible. Uh, it was terrible. So I got break again coming out on Mother's Day. Movie, I have a movie. better do good. I got this movie called The Public, okay. uh, which actually takes place in uh, the library in Cincinnati on the coldest day of winter. Um, and the librarians are the heroes of that uh, awesome movie coming out. And then um, we go back to work in a couple weeks on Being Mary Jane. Uh, yeah. Hey, girl, you're doing something. You know. You're doing and something. Then, uh, and then we're, we're shooting the Bad Boys uh, spinoff. Okay. And then uh, me and this one of your teammates, you guys might, I don't know, LeBron James, we have a, a project that we're working on called White Dave, and we'll be shooting that pilot, uh, uh, gosh, in the next couple months for ABC. You need a seven foot Of extra? course, of course. I'll just walk in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, Doug. That's me, Doug. <laughs> so is there a project that you've done over the years that really, like, you felt that was going to transform who people saw you as, whether it was like, you know, you were doing a lot of action films and all of a sudden you did like something that was completely different. You did a comedy or you did like, you know, comedies and then you did an action. Which project, whether it was, you know, writing a book or doing a show, which one do you think the one that was like kind of transformed the way that people see you now as like this multifaceted superwoman? The book, honestly, um, it's people think they know you. Right. When people come up to meet me, you know, off the out of the blue, I thought you'd be mean. I'm like, cause you watch too much Deliver Us from Eva. That's not <laughs> me, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, but people have an idea of who they think you are. Right, oh, right. you're D Wade's wife. I'm like, or that's Gabrielle Union's husband. Let's get it right now. So, she got a, she got but, a hyphen, dog. You, you know, know what that is. But people have this <laughs> idea who they think you are and what you stand for. She don't got to put it on there. The, the book has been the most transformative. No fight. Um, <laughs> especially in this, in this, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a global shift is what we're seeing right now. Right, right. Um, in how we, in terms of how um, we look at equality right. and how we look at um, gender, how we look at uh, sexual harassment and sexual violence and. Um, I've been I've been sort of looked upon as a leader of this movement, and it's an incredible feeling. It's by far the most rewarding thing. Isn't that a lot of responsibility? Though? It's a huge responsibility, you know. But it, I've been doing the work for 20 years. I've been speaking publicly for 20 years about being a sexual assault survivor. So for me, it was a natural, um, you know. It's it's a weird thing when people hand you the mic and say, "Talk about the worst thing that's ever happened to you." Ooh. You know what I mean? You're like, Bleh. yeah. Um, but I've been doing the work. Right, right. So it, it, it happened at the right time. I, I've been doing the work. I've been talking publicly. I've been lobby, lobbying state legislatures across the country for more funding for rape crisis centers. I've been, you know, this is, this is, my, this is my jam. So as I've been called upon to, have, to be part of this global conversation that is happening, this global movement, um, it's a natural progression into right, right. Uh, leadership. Do you think, I don't, I don't do you think, think that, that type of responsibility is what motivates you to be even more successful in the other parts. Because, the, you know, whether we like to acknowledge it or not, the more successful you are, the louder your voice is. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of how America runs. You know, like, you could really do nothing, and then all of a sudden, like, you do something crazy, and then you have 10 million followers, and you could say, you know, the universe doesn't exist. And somebody's like, you know what, I agree with that too. Like, or the earth is flat. Oh, yeah, listen. <laughs> You'd have to listen to that whole podcast to Too really soon? get that. 
too soon. This is going to be our sports illustration. Just tag road tripping. Sorry, my bad. No, no, no. But you know what I'm trying to say. Do yeah. you, so do you think that's your motivating factor? Or do you think just for you to be the best you is it? You know for me to be the best me is to, is to speak my truth. Right, right. Um, to me, there's no point in, in being my most authentic self if I can't take anybody else with me. If I can't share my journey of how I got here, how right. I, I became whole, how, how, I, how I, I sought out healing and I found it. Um, otherwise, like, what's the point? It's like, I don't want to be the richest person in the world by myself. Yeah. That's, that's a weird, lonely space. Um, so, yeah. So, I, as, if I'm going to be in positions of leadership, trust and believe I'm taking as many people with me. I don't want a seat at the table. I want a whole new house. Right. You know what I mean? And pay me, <laughs> you know, pay me equally. We're gonna switch a little bit to basketball. Is there a moment where D, like, cause you see D Wade play all the time. Is there a moment where you were like, oh, that's my baby right there. You go oh. get him. You do your little fadeaways and your little scoopy layups and you're falling down eight times, all that. You do <laughs> all that falling down. Feet. He cannot <laughs> Never, stay on boy. his feet. He, listen, he the most athletic, clumsy guy ever. <laughs> But he'd be like, oh, foul, riff. I'd be like, hey, D-Way, you just tripped up your feet. I know it. Shut up, Channing. I'd be like, yeah, listen, I'm trying to help you out. Now, I've seen so many amazing performances over the years. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what? The, the, I, I was, it was, we were at the very beginning of our relationship. His Olympics uh, in Beijing, where it literally felt like it was D-Way against the world. Yep. And... You know, for him to be, he was coming off an injury, you were coming off a shoulder and knee surgery, and everyone had counted him out. He, you were a little beefy. Let's just be honest. You were a little beefy. How, how, you, you were about 240. Ooh. About 240. He looked like a sexy tight end, with, but he had an unfortunate haircut. That was the only bad part about the oh, whole. Was, I went bald. I had went bald. bald. Ooh, I remember that. Never mm -hmm. again. Too never low. again. Too low. It was all bad. That's in our, it's in our prenup. If I go bald again, it's over. It's over. <laughs> There's a kicker <laughs> if, I, if he goes bald. Like a trade kicker. She had the barber. Uh, 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 uh. Too low. Use that Too one. Low. Use that one. Fade that in. Fade that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. I live for him to have these fu moments, if you will, when people count you out and you show everybody. And he came back there like he's never going to be the same. And you know, it right. was literally like every sports commentator. He's never going to be the same. He's never going to be D-Wade. Oh, he's coming off the bench. And this is right. at the Olympics. You know, world's biggest stage. He came off the bench, and you led the team in scoring for the Olympics. He came back that year, led the league in scoring, when they said he wasn't ever going to be himself again. And, you know, was that the year you dunked on a seven-footer? It might have been in Cleveland. <laughs> I wasn't was, even here. It was, uh, was it, what was his name, Verjo? Poor boom, baby. Boom, Poor baby. But I like, remember that. Boom, boom, boom. It happens. It, you got that, that was the first time I've saw it. I've seen it, but he's done it every year. Yeah. Every time they count him out, when they need a bucket, when they, when they need um, a face of something, when they say he, the second they say he's washed, he show improves every time. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's always... <laughs> It's always great to be in the building when it happens because you know I talk cash. <laughs> oh, we know. We see now <laughs> at the Quick and Loan Arena. I talk cash. <laughs> Put them in a blender. <laughs> I 
I scream it. No, hey. we scream it. No, I'll be he like. He sat next to me on a bench. Don't get shot, Channing. Don't get shot, Channing. Shoot that bitch. Yo, oh, yeah, I'm shooting it. You know, he's going to shoot it. Yo, I'm going to shoot it now. So, Channing, so, so just think how, think how bad she is at, at his game. Oh. I had to move away from her one time. <laughs> she was talking so bad to the ref. Oh. I was like. Yeah, that's not me. She about, they about to put us out. We said his AU game. Love oh, we're watch. terrible at his game. We're terrible. Listen, we're I, terrible. I was well, we, coaching some kids we, one time. We do well with it. Oh, I, I was coaching so some kids one time, and I always told myself, "I'm never gonna be that guy." Oh yeah. Listen, sure. I was I was a new man. I said, "Listen, I will whoop you." <laughs> what are you doing? You? I was talking about his oh, yeah. daddy, yeah. his mama. Oh yeah. You're a. Bum. I always thought I was gonna be that dad that just a, sit in the corner, oh, you know, have his no. head low and leaving. I didn't no. walk out on the court so many times. Said, you want to go home? <laughs> <laughs> this was I didn't grab him on the court a couple times. Oh, you ready to go? <laughs> man, it's, Yo, it's hard. It's hard. My son is seven, and I'm like that outside the front. Like he got game. He's like, "Dad, let's shoot." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, let's go shoot." He'll miss three or four. You ain't even working on your game. Dad, it's 17 degrees outside. I'm like, "See, that's what I mean. I'm going back inside." Lauren, come get him. They don't want it. They don't want These it. These kids, they don't want it. They don't want it. I remember I was out in Phoenix. It was 132 and I was shooting with no shoes on. It's a lie. I had shoes on, but it was 132 oh, for real. Listen, I used to tell my son, I don't even know if you remember, I used to tell my son all these, you know, when your kids do something, you always be like, when I was young, you know, so I'm telling him one story about me sleeping head to toe with my brothers. It was about six of us. You had a and sleepover I'm, in the I'm, suburbs, Yeah, right? but that was always, that was always it. <laughs> So I'm telling him about the head to toe, and he was just like, yeah, Dad, I know. Like, he hit me with one of those oh. one day. Like, yeah, I know. You didn't have toothpaste. You had to brush your, your teeth with your hand. Like, he hit me with that. <laughs> and I, Is and that it, a thing? No, it was definitely a oh, thing. Oh, you do that? I had to brush your teeth like this. You didn't use your shirt. I used a shirt sometimes. Listen, shirt? You, you gotta, you, your finger? What's that doing? Bro, your finger's dirty. You got what? Listen, I ain't even going to go there. You didn't but, have a shirt. Oh, you didn't, you didn't have a shirt. But I'm going okay, to yeah, yeah, say, at that moment, in Chicago with a right. Hey, listen, Paul. You had to make your own shirt. Not poor, Paul. All right? P-O. You couldn't even afford the or. No, we had a... We had, we couldn't we could afford no more vibes. Like right. no, you had an um, or sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but at that moment, that's when I realized, like, my, okay, he don't live the same life that I, that we live. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I used to always have those when I was when I was, and he hit me with, yeah, that I know. And I realized at that moment, okay, he doesn't live the same life. You know what I mean? I have to start parenting him where he's at and yeah. where he lives. It's hard for me to say, well, what I used to do because what I used to do, he don't have to do. No. You know what I mean? So at that moment, in the midst, I was hot, though. Oh, I was hot in that bathroom <laughs> when he did it to me. Oh, was, but I had to realize that moment. I'm like, okay, that's right. He's a spoiled little rich kid. Yeah, but that's. He he ain't, but think about the cold. struggles that that brings in itself. No, that's like, what I'm saying. It's yo, a total different struggle. My dad used to make me go play with the Inglewood team, right? And they were like, hey, does your dad got that new Converse? Because in Phoenix, you know, like they had, Larry, you know, they had um, Kevin Johnson. Right, the new Converse Kevin Johnsons. Yeah. So they're like, yo, does your dad have a new Kevin Johnsons? I was like, yeah, so. They're like, damn, you think we could take him? I was like, what do you mean take him? Like, you want us to get your parents, ship him out of here? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And they're like, no, nah, no, nah. we'll talk to you later. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, dad, I don't know if I could play with this team. <laughs> Man, but like, he made me experience different things growing up. And I think even though our children have the opportunity to be 
in a better situation than us, they're going to go through their own struggles. Definitely. Of being judged, of having to like, oh, well, you're from this town, so you're not, you know, you're not black enough, or you, you talk correctly, you go to a good school, or, yeah. you know, there's all these negative things. And I think I just, you know, even in the league, they're like, oh, Channing, man, you so, you so, you know, basically, you so white. I'm like, dog, I'm just a generation ahead of your kids. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Think about it. What you going to send your kids? You going to send them to the hood schools? You going to send them to the good schools? Like, my parents both had to work crazy hours. I had a, a nanny from the church, you know, Miss Mary, who took care of me. And um, just for me to have this opportunity to do what I'm doing now. So, like, you know, my kids, I want them to be appreciative of all things. But, you know, I think just for, for everybody, you should want your kids to be successful. Always remember that they are going to go through their own struggles of having an identity and, being, and, and make sure that they're appreciative of the things that we had to work hard for. So they're going to have stories of, man, my dad had to work so hard for this and I had to do this, you know, for their kids. And hopefully they could be as successful as us. Yeah. Man, it is a, it is a, a it's interesting. <laughs> raising, uh, undi- uh, raising tall black men who are still children, who are privileged, who forget that when you are f- not physically with the two of us, you're just black kids. They're not checking your parents' you know, credit scores. No. You know, so we, we've had this conversation many, many a day. And how do you navigate the world without enjoying the, your parents' hard work, you know, but at the same time being very aware of what it is to live in the skin that we are in, in this country that, that, that we live in right now with the state of, you know, the world and, and who we have in office and how and, and the, the, the shenanigans and the, the racism, the discrimination that he encourages. Um, no, you, you're, you're, you're not going to be received the same way that your, your friends who don't look like you are received. You challenging the teacher on facts that are not in evidence, you are not gonna be labeled a leader or assertive. You're going to be labeled a troublemaker and aggressive. You'll be, you'll be disciplined differently no, you can't take the golf cart up and down the street with the music blaring last weekend. Even I can't do that. I live in Orlando. They, you know, whoop, whoop. Yeah, like uh-uh, it's, turn that it's stereo not the, off. It's not the same for you. It's just, it's just not the same. And it sucks. Because you want, you want to work hard and you want your kids to have everything you didn't have. But at the same time, they ha- you, you, you are doing them a disservice not making them aware of, of the space that they're occupying. You know what I mean? Our neighbors, half our neighbors where we live in Miami um, are, are seasonal. So they only live in Miami like six months out of the year for tax breaks. Um, <laughs> but they, a lot of our neighbors have their own personal security from whatever country they're from. So depending on that country, their view of blackness dictates how they may treat my child. So in, in, Cal- in, in Florida, which is a stand your ground state and an open carry state, all they have to say to get away with killing my child is that I was afraid. But what does it take to be afraid of a child? He's not doing anything. He's not armed. He's not attacking you. He's existing. And that's enough. So how do you even parent when they're leaving the house knowing that, that, is, that that's, that's their truth? Like, what do, how, how does that even work? How do we even prepare them for that? And it, that, that is terrifying to me. So like, okay, perhaps I overreacted to the golf cart situation. <laughs> but in my mind, I go to Tamir Rice. 
I go to how we demonize and weaponize and criminalize blackness. We've seen this story many, many times, for decades, for centuries, since, since our arrival. And how do you impart that history and that knowledge to privileged kids who just want to enjoy all the bells and whistles that come from our, our hard work? And that is some of the realest, most depressing <laughs> things ever. Because they should, they should be able to enjoy their innocence. And I, in the book, I talk about black bombs. I drop them like Hiroshima. It's like, not today. <laughs> just when he gets excited and, oh my God, I got these new, from Uncle Braun, these new shoes from Uncle Braun. You know what happens when you leave the house. <laughs> Chlamydia <laughs> and police brutality. And try to have some fun. <laughs> Like, like that's who I feel like I've become, I've been reduced to yeah. like warnings about chlamydia and you know stand your ground. It's it's a weird. Everybody got a role, baby. Play your right. role now. What does D Wade say when he go out the house? When he go out the house, hit him with what? the euro step. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I back her up. Okay. No, I mean we we on the same page with that, and uh, I think our kids understand. Like you know we got good kids. First of all, we're so lucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there we go. No, we got we got good kids. I mean, they're they're challenging, but <laughs> see oh. what I'm saying? You see the neck roll back in the day, my head would have been on the ground. <laughs> Bow immediately. <laughs> Wake up tomorrow. Oh, oh my! That little head roll you did, boy. Ooh, I love you though. But yeah, I, we we on the same page. So you know, we we support each other and. We, we communicate with our kids, you know, we have a, we, we parent by committee. We have other people who are in our kids' lives that help get the message across and continue it. You know, obviously she's on the road a lot. I'm playing in this cold ass city, Cleveland. Right. Uh, our kids are in Miami. <laughs> uh, our kids are in Miami right now. So, you know, this has definitely been a, a challenging year for us so far, for them. For us, it's different than we used to. Um, and, you know, we're gonna see how it works, but you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, us having to be a little bit more of those messaging when we're not around um, than we, you know, than we are. But, you know, they got to hear it from you. They got to know. And then you allow them to make their decisions, you know, as they get older. This kid about to be 16 right here. So Ooh. he's about to start making those decisions on his Ooh, own. Ooh, 16. 16, just got his little permit and everything. I'm nervous. No, I'll tell you today, I'm, I'm scared. Go get some groceries. That's the first thing. Hey, Dad, I got my permit. Good. Go get some milk. <laughs> go to the girl. I said, no. okay, I'm, I'm scared. Go. Man. Well, listen, how many minutes? I feel like we've been here an hour and a half, but like it's going by fast. fast. It's going by fast. How many, do you know how many minutes we've been here? 50. Oh, wow. Ooh. 50. Wait, can you Wait. ask me about the banana boat trip? I have, I have listened oh, to so many I forgot road trip about podcasts. <laughs> have you? Okay, honestly, what do you think? Uh, I think I was there. I think magically in the story, I somehow get replaced by Carmelo, who was not even there yet. Um, babe, whose idea was it to even get on the banana boat in no, the first we, place? No, we said this on the last one with Brian. We talked about it was your idea, and I was like, no. You was the one like, come on, guys. And everybody's like, no. Nah. And she was like, come on, it's going to be fun. And there it went. <laughs> it went from fun to a joke around the world now. <laughs> Four 240-pound men. It was three, y'all, right? It was three. Mello wasn't even on it. Three, y'all. It was a little tiny gab on that banana. She boat. was in the front. I was in the front. She was in the front. I think she's the one that made us fall. 
Well, I think you're the one went the wrong way. Because <laughs> well, they're like in sync. They've been in how many Olympics together? They're like, Love, you know, you know right. Brown. Brown was coaching. Brown was coaching. He's like, all right, we go left. He don't go like left. We go right. See, I don't know if I could enjoy stuff with him. Yeah, right? he was coaching, and she up there just freelancing, like. Right. I was basically <laughs> playing like ISO ball at the front of the. Oh um, man, look. You know. Fourth quarter ISO. No, and we in the back trying to, you know, get this team working. Trying to do the Jamaican bobsled team. And if you know if you go the wrong way. <laughs> that's it. Night-night. Oh, that's night-night. And, next and thing that you water know, hurt. <laughs> oh, listen. Yeah, it was, so, it was terrible. From the beginning, just go all the way up until you got onto that weird contraption called the banana boat. So there was some drinking. Okay, obviously. As You're these, in Mexico. As these, as, these vacations, as these vacations go. You can't drink um, water out there, so obviously. No. <laughs> Beer and margaritas. It was a great time, and they had, we had we had you know every year the couples each couple gets to choose who who's who's tra- planning the trip. Right. So that first year was Braun. It was actually the Bahamas. Okay. So LeBron and Savannah chose this beautiful boat that had all this stuff, but we weren't using any of the stuff. We were just drinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I was like, let's use the stuff. Oh my God, we got, we got like a, we have a, like a three-story slide. We got jet skis. We got this, this banana thing. We got, definitely got to get on the banana thing. And they're like, hell no. Nah. What if somebody sees us on the, I'm like, who, who's even ever going to know you guys? Who, who's going to know if we even get on it? Yeah, oh, listen, I learned that like, quick about LeBron, man. I, one time I was like, ah, oh, man, my nose itch. 50 pictures of me digging in my nose, man. I was like, never again. Shannon, you probably was digging in your nose. Don't try to, don't, your nose itch, It was itch, cold Jenny. outside, you man. You said, it man, was my nose itch. <laughs> it was cold outside. <laughs> and my, you know my nose get dry sometimes, you know. Yeah, like, right. You don't be digging in your nose? Yeah, you do, oh, right? About, um, what? <laughs> yup. Got you. She been drinking. <laughs> All right, back to the banana bowl. So let's use these things. Yeah, so I was like, let's 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 get on the let's get on the banana boat thing. Who's gonna see us? And they're like, there's drones out there. I'm like, we haven't. If if there were drones, they would have got us by now. No one's paying attention to us. Like, not everything is about you, Bron. Okay, like not everybody wants to know what we're doing on vacation. Cut to everybody apparently wanted to know what we were doing on vacation. I was more mad that my because I'd been in the water, and you know how when you have a weave, there's like your hair, and then there's like the weave hair. So this was like Indian temple hair, and then this was from my, my native land of Ghana. Um, and it was, like there was not that. a lot of blending happening. Um, so I was more upset about that uh, in the photo that there was no blending of my weave. That is a funny story. We should compare that story and then the one on road tripping. But I know that we've been here too long. We can get going. Well, you know, I mean, man, Channing has been... Let her stay. Oh, that's well, true. Well, I'm going to stay, and I'm oh. going to stay, and I will take you guys' questions. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of you guys that, that, that got the book that have probably some follow-up questions. Perhaps yeah, let me get they, up out of here you know. for that, because there's going to be a lot of Mary Jane questions, and I don't want no problems up in here. Um, you know what I'm saying? My kids here and everything. I don't want that. So we're going we gonna to leave and go get something to eat. Okay. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You do your thing, and then we meet up later. You know what I'm saying? And do our thing. Don't. Don't you do that. There's chlamydia out there. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go home. You sleepy. I live around the corner. You sleepy. Oh, I'm, your boy is tired, man. We just got off 11-day road trip, so, you know. We technically we been gone since December 23rd and been here two days since then. Yeah, we sleepy. And they talking about why we so lose. Thank you, Channing, for... Oh, no, and, this and is my pleasure. This Chan- has been great. And, and the Fry family who's... Who's allowed us to share him today oh. after being gone? And, no, and, uh, no, we're good. They were very excited you. for this. It's, um, 
like I said, you're a huge influence, and I'm glad that my daughters are here. One of them is too little to see you, but the other one, I'm glad she gets to see you're a great influence. Um, I'm going to keep your book in like my favorite book section. There's only like five of those. You could, I'll put you is right it next. next to a father first? Uh, you didn't even know I had a book. I said, no. No, what you mean, no? I'm just barely getting to know you. I, only, I didn't know that you had all way away clothes. That was interesting. I mean, he does. He does. Everything. I mean, no, literally away. every day he gets up. I'm like, more, more. It's all Wade. Okay. Well, you're not going to get yeah. lost. <laughs> Is that a way away beanie? What did he have on? Wade stuff with his face on it. Wait, you have a way away beanie? Oh, you don't? Oh. No, no. He does have a way away beanie. Does he? Our whole, we all uh, so to the questions, um, <laughs> we out. All right. Thank you, guys. There um, you go. I told you it would be unique, insightful, and not to be forgotten comical. We want to thank Gabrielle, of course, for being you, for opening up not only here on Road Trippin', but to the world through your most recent incredible book, We're Going to Need More Wine, through your honesty and dedication as a leader, traveling across the globe to share your story, to fight for change, and to, most importantly, give people hope, which, in fact, we... Hope you enjoyed this special edition of Road Trip. And one thing is for sure, we now have three-fourths of the banana boat story complete with probably the best side being told from Gabby herself. So as Channing said, thanks as always for tuning in. And finally, we hope you take a minute to check out We're Going to Need More Wine by none other than the beautiful Gabrielle Union herself. So for Channing, Gabrielle, and Duane, that'll do it for another edition of Road Trip and Richard versus Channing. I'm your host, Allie Clifton. Hey, Road Trippin' fans, don't forget, we're working with a t-shirt company that you may have seen around, Homage. They're the ones that are responsible for LeBron's ultimate warrior shirt and many of the college designs you see on tees. As they pay homage to great moments in sports and inspiring stories, go check out their NBA Jam tees at homage.com. You're sure to be inspired and we'll get a kick out of their special design for Richard and Channing, along with three other designs specific to the Road Trippin' fam. Get them while they're still in stock at homage.com.